Hello, so this is our podcast group, and today we're joined with um, Jerry, Timmy, and Pranav, and I am your host, Afan Yunus, and um, today we're here to talk about what is family and what is identity, and what do they mean um, pertaining to both Romeo and Juliet and everything I never told you. So let's dive into what family really means. So in my opinion, I feel like family is like a group of people, either biological or chosen by you that really support who your identity is and what your choices are. They help you no matter what, going through rough times or having fun. I would somewhat disagree with what you said because I think a lot of times family isn't going to help you with whatever you need. And, um, I think in a lot of books, a lot of literary stories and things, we'll see that that's not always the case. So um, I think we can look forward to seeing some of that in the next few episodes. Um, but talking about identity, identity really plays into family just because a lot of people find their identity in their family. Um, and that really shapes them as people. Yeah, and as for why family and identity are important to us, a strong identity and uh, connection to our family helps us understand what our duties and responsibilities in the world are. And also these books, such as Romeo and Juliet and Everything I Never Told You, they show us possible scenarios um, in which these families and identities have been broken, and also some possible solutions to these problems. Yeah, just to wrap up this segment, although Everything I Never Told You and Romeo and Juliet were written with different motives in mind, they're easily relatable and they share common themes of family struggle and finding your identity. Welcome to segment two of our podcast. We're going to be diving deeper into um, Everything I Never Told You by Celeste Ng and Romeo and Juliet by William Shakespeare um, in terms of our themes of family and identity, um, which we've been talking about for a lot of this English uh, curriculum this year. So about Romeo and Juliet, um, Romeo and Juliet really adheres to the theme of family and identity. Um, the families between Montagues and Capulets and the main characters, Romeo and Juliet, trying to find their identity within the family and also outside the family. Uh, I think it's important to note that in terms of family here, um, this is very much dealing with both internal conflicts and external between two families. Um, and then from there, um, both young characters, Romeo and Juliet, who are in this like love story in a tough situation, have to form their identity and kind of be more in a situation where like you wouldn't expect like a 16-year-old to be in, and especially for their time, which maybe is not unusual in their time, but it is part of growing as a, as a man and as a young woman for both of them. So that's where their identity plays in. They're also facing it from the, the effects of society and what society was telling them to do because what they were trying to do and, and their love was very uncommon at the time. As for everything I never told you, um, the whole Lee family is just quite dysfunctional and because of a lack of communication, there's a lot of misunderstanding causing internal family feuds and um, also, external, like Lydia's relationships with other people outside of her school have been damaged because of her family's effects. Like Jack, for example. Um, yeah, I agree with um, everything I never told you. It's very much how a, f a single family's dynamics um, shape the kind of person who you are. But additionally, um, in everything I never told you, it has to be emphasized that there still are external forces as well. Because of their um, Asian appearance and race, there definitely are some outside cultural influences that play a role. Yeah, I think that wraps up this segment. 
Uh, in the next one, we can really go into depth in discussing these two books. For this segment, we're going to dive deeper into this uh, investigation of family and identity in Romeo and Juliet and everything I never told you. So our first uh, piece of textual evidence is talking about um, family and Romeo and Juliet. O Romeo, Romeo, wherefore art thou Romeo? Deny thy father and refuse thy name, or if thou wilt not, but be but sworn my love, and I'll no longer be a Capulet. So I think um, th this quote does a really good job representing the tension between um, the family identities of Capulet and Montagues, but also the social nature of that time, um, and Juliet's um, fear of breaking free of her own inner identity. Um, from her uh, from her parents and her family. Um, and we see that she believes that um, love isn't just from a family. It's, it comes from the inner identity um, and that the feud between the Montagues and the Capulets is a product of their outward identity based off of the names. And she says that when she says that if, if, um, that if uh, Romeo was to deny his father and refuse the name, then, um, then or she would not be a Capulet anymore. So... Um, she's just degrading the, the value of names and how she thinks of Romeo on individual terms um, and how if, if he was not called Romeo or Montague that she would still be the person she loves um, despite his last name and his family. So building upon Timmy's quote which talked about family, um, this quote that I found which says, My child is yet a stranger in this world. She hath not seen the change of 14 years. This is from Romeo and Juliet and this one talks more about her age and how that plays a role in identity as well as her family structure. So I think that what I took away from this is being such a young person in this kind of world and society that she's living in, um, it plays a role where like her family is putting pressure on her, but she's also so young that like she hasn't developed an identity, she hasn't developed the kind of person who she is yet. So that all kind of plays into like her future of like who will she become. And I think those circumstances and the environment she's growing up in really affect that a lot. I kind of have to disagree with this, um, in that Julia isn't completely young, like you said. Um, when Paris goes to ask for Capulet's approval to marry uh, Julia, Paris uh, tells Capulet, quote, younger than she are happy mothers made, meaning that there are mothers that are um, younger than Juliet is. And so when you said that this age of 14 years really um, talks about how her identity isn't made yet and how it's still developing, uh, Paris does bring up a point in that there are mothers who are 14 years of age and this is really the time where identity is being grown. Especially in, in this society, um, in, in, the, in Verona, I guess that's what it's called, um, a lot of the girls would be married off super early and have their kids super early. So I think to see Juliet as a teenager and not feeling like, she, you know, she, she kind of has that battle with her parents where her parents want her to get married and um, be sent off to live her own life, but she wants to stay youthful and be herself. Um, so she's kind of facing society and, um, you know, breaking the norms of what a young girl should be at the time. So I totally agree with both of you, but I feel like the counter-argument that people might pose is that, like, as a mother, um, Juliet's mom was afraid that, oh, my daughter is not old enough yet. And despite that norm, maybe that norm wasn't entirely the best thing because 
those girls are super young and I mean we're 15 14 15 right now so like I don't think any of us are developed and have found our full identity I do agree that um, to some extent she was of age especially in that society as Timmy mentioned but I still think that um, the circumstances of her family and the dynamics and all of that still do impact the kind of person who she's going to grow up to be because she's not like her dad or mom who are like set in stone like they're not going to change much now but she still isn't like a kid who's like learning how to walk kind of so yeah and back then it was a social norm to get married and have kids at around our age but um still our brain isn't still fully developed until we're past like adults 18 21 even so it's like scientifically impossible to really discover your full identity until you have developed enough yourself. So yeah, I, I think kind of have to disagree with uh, Fang once again because when you said that um, her mother was trying to ward her off from being married um, and having kids on uh, lines around line seventy seven on Act One, Scene Three, um, Lady Capulet talks about how, by my account, I was your mother much upon these years, meaning that uh, Lady Capula actually had Julia when she was about this age as well. So um, then I would counter-argument would be that, like, is that accurate? Is that, like, what is correct? Like, forget the fact that, like, she did have a kid at that age. Does Lady Capulet regret that? And going back, if she had the decision, would she change that? And I feel like the answer to that question is yes, because, I mean, when it comes to her own daughter, she feels that, like, oh, I, I didn't want this on myself looking back, so why would I want it on my own daughter? But, uh, all right, so I think that wraps up the Romeo and Juliet segment pretty well. Now I think we should dive deeper into everything I never told you, um, talk about identity and family more, um, as well as include some quotes. Alright, so as for identity and everything I never told you, the main characters were really trying to find their own identity while their parents were trying to balance out their work life and their parenthood life as well. So Lydia and Nathan have never really had this true relationship with their family. Nathan, after she went to college, she really wanted, she really expressed um, feelings of wanting to break free from his family and stop worrying about the obligations of his family. Uh, James slaps Nath once after Nath um, or Nath showed his true passion for outer space and Lydia never wrote anything in the diaries which her mother had told her to do. So Lydia, Nathan, and Hannah, they never felt welcomed in the community potentially because of their race. Um, and additionally, Marilyn was defined by her gender at schools when when she was at her school. Her professors were always reluctant to give her opportunities that men had. In quote, she held her breath, waiting, afraid. She would tell her that science was too hard and that she would better try something like English or history instead. And additionally, um, Marilyn's mom was really worried about marrying James, who was Asian-American and was not the norm at that time. He also was the, the history English kind of guy. So. You know, he, he wasn't kind of the, the standard of the doctor or lawyer. That, yeah, um, he was re they were reversing the stereotypes. 
Um, just to add something real quick to the end of the identity portion, um, Jerry talked about how um, Marilyn, um, Marilyn was defined by her gender, right? Um, I also think that Lydia, to an extent, um, was defined by both her gender and also her race. Um, so it just showed that like the time period didn't really change much, and like it, I, I feel like it's the same kind of genes, right? Where like her mom really wanted to like excel and do what she wanted to do, despite what other people said. And her daughter wants to do the same thing. So, yeah. So I think that wraps up identity. We can move on to family. So, yeah. So in the Lee family, there was a lot of miscommunication and lack of communication. So, uh, like that also led to more family issues. And there's a quote that I found: "For as long as she's been alive, the family has never spoken of it, and they, and even if they had, it would have changed nothing." So in this quote, the narrator is describing how Hannah doesn't know that Marilyn disappeared that one summer. And although Hannah is a minor character, she is always described as invisible and unnoticed, even though she is part of a five-person family. And because of this, she's become a really good observer and tries to understand the complex nuances of her family members to compensate for the lack of attention. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Yeah, uh, just the overall family dynamics of the Lee family is um, I would feel like unique because I think Jerry talked about it above in his portion where he said, like the parents are trying to figure out their work life balance with parenthood life, and the characters are just trying to find their own identity. So I think it was less like, um, let's get through this as a family together, more like, oh, let's get through our own struggles and then maybe we can become a family like like yeah. that they want to we, we saw that with every character it wasn't just the few you know every single character in that family and um even in their community like some of the other characters struggled to to you know find who they wanted to be in the world and you know we, we see people like lydia who wasn't sure you know she had her inner passions like nave had her inner passions and they, they just weren't really their parents never gave them a platform for them to express themselves and so they were kind of forced to keep it all in and and we see later in the book that 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 doesn't really end up going the way, I guess um, the Lee family's parents like thought it would. Because, it's actually quite ironic because yeah, Marilyn was the one to break the norms, but she wants the norms for her own children. Yeah, I was just gonna say the same thing because I mean she was doing something that no one else was, and I think so was James to an extent, right? But. They don't want their kids to be able to do that. Right? They don't want to give their like the opportunity to their children. And I don't understand is that like fear as parents, or is that just like not understanding? Anyone have any idea what maybe has led to that? I don't think it's like really a fear, but more of just like wanting to fit in. I guess like a fear of being different, really. Okay. So you're posing that, like, because James felt different in his life and because, like, Marilyn, like, did things that were different, maybe they don't want their kids to, like, have to go through that. Well, yeah, maybe they don't see themselves as super successful and really, like, don't want their children to go through the same thing of being different. Yeah, I can see that. Maybe it's also kind of like a protective stance because um, Marilyn and James, they very well know that 
you know, um, their children are not doing the best in school because they are different from everyone else and they're getting bullied for that. So potentially mm-hmm. just a protective stance to try to make them seem not um, weird in front of everyone else. Well, I mean, overall, they, they are continually just like oblivious to their kids and they, you know, they, they see that Lydia's grades are dropping, but they're not really understanding exactly why or and other things like that. They, they, they make assumptions, but they never actually care to. And I think that, that, that just ties into the like miscommunication part that Bonhoff is touching on. We're going to wrap up um, wrap up of segment three and we're going to talk more about communication and some big questions for segment four. For our final segment, we'll zoom out and look at the overarching goals and themes for these two books. As for our first question, identify some perfect scenarios or ways the characters could have treated each other better. So this question um, is one that we made, and it basically is just asking, you know, where could have, um, you know, where where could have things gone better in in the books? And um, for everything I ever told you, we see that especially when. For example, Lydia steals the Harvard letter from uh, the mailbox. And, like, you know, if she didn't do that or if she expressed her feelings to uh, to Nath without having to take action, like, I think a lot of stuff could have gone better and that relationship wouldn't have fallen apart so much. Um, the interaction between Lydia and James when James gives Lydia the book about making friends and the necklace and stuff like that, um, because that really just wasn't executed well. You know, it's James telling Lydia that, you know, kind of saying you don't have any friends, even if it's true. And um, he, he kind of just wasn't being this most supportive father he could have been at that moment. Um, and then also, like, the the Marilyn, James, Louisa love triangle um, and how, you know, it, James and Marilyn obviously kind of started to crumble their relationship and um, they never really talked about what was going wrong. And so I think that's why James felt at a feeling to diverge from their marriage and to cheat um, with Louisa, um, and because that gave him a lot of, um, a lot of, you know, pleasure that he didn't get out of his relationship with Marilyn. I think it's also apparent in Romeo and Juliet where, like, um, the, her parents don't, like, really listen to her. Juliet's parents don't listen to her and still try and marry her off to Paris when she, that's not what she wants. And I think in all of these scenarios that we just discussed, there's a clear, like, l- a lack of communication, and that's what's led to these struggles and, um, when it's just like where these families needed to realize what what they were doing and so communicating about it would have helped them and that leads us straight into our second question which is how did a lack of communication destroy the relationships so as found on bartleby.com research the key to success uh, the key to a successful family uh, is communication communication in a family helps the members express their needs wants, and concerns for each other, which, as said earlier, really could have stopped lots of problems, and just talking about it and expressing how you feel solves lots of issues, and just being open with the rest of your family members. All right, well, I think that wraps up um, this segment real well, as well as our podcast, and so I think that through these books, Everything I Never Told You, as well as Romeo and Juliet, we have seen scenarios of how communication or in other words, a lack of communication has led to the downfall and tragedies of the characters in these books and the relationships and the problems that different characters have. Um, and finally, I think that for all of our viewers who 
um, were with us through this 25-minute podcast. Um, it's important for them to realize that this was not just like an assignment that we had to do. It is a very relevant matter in our day um, where every day people, um, their relationships are destroyed because of communication and lack of communication. And we can model after like this quote that Pranav just read and realize that like, just because like we're reading literature, that doesn't mean we should just just read it just to get the grade. It's more read it to figure out what and how can we better our lives. And I think the examples of the characters in this book is one that we can follow after in their benefits and um, learn from in their mistakes. Jerry, we're tired, man. Okay. okay. All right, let's well, Jerry, I want great confidence, solid intro, and we're going to hit it off with some perfect scenarios and lack of communication, and we're going to get out of here. All right, that, let's go. That is totally going to get into the bloopers. <laughs>